You know, I could have just sat there for the rest of the time just listening to these, these wonderful people giving their testimony. And, you know, over the years, it has to be said, Alpha has just been absolutely amazing. There are many of you here who would not have been here, you know, walking with Jesus, you know, struggling towards the light as we all do, if it hadn't been for Alpha. And I just thank God for his blessing upon that, that course. But I thank God on his blessing on, on this amazing team we have here. We've probably got the best team we've had in quite some time. They've always been good, but I hear that we've got a large team uh, all lined up for tomorrow and can't wait to go. And, and I just want to encourage you, seriously, you know, maybe you know, you've already made up your mind because of what you've just heard, but I just want to say, if you've decided you're going to do Alpha tomorrow, uh, you know, well, God bless you. You know, that is a real step into the future, a real step into God's plans for you. But I also want to challenge us who've been around for a little while. Fliss and I over the years have invited many people along to Alpha, and some of them it's enough just to suggest it, and they, they, they're up for it, they go. Others, you know, you have to take a fly around and ask them two or three times, and then finally they go. And then still others, you know, you've really got to say to them, and this is my challenge to you folks, you know, you've got to say to them, how about we go together? How about we go together? And we've done all three of those over the years. And it may just be that your friend, your family member, your colleague at work, whatever, is absolutely right, but they're just, for them, it's just too weird, too strange, too threatening to, to come on their own. They need you, please, just to say, how about we go together? So some of you are sitting here, and you know just who I mean. There's somebody in your mind, and you're thinking, yeah, gosh, you know, but I've got other things I wanted to do. Downton Abbey is on or something like that, you know. <laughs> but forget it. You know, just give this time to God. And when you get home, or, you know, just, uh, in fact, I'll even give you permission to text while I'm preaching, all right? Just, you know, text that person and just say, how about we go together tomorrow? Because honestly, that simple invitation, just like Andrew in the scriptures took his brother Peter to meet the Messiah Jesus, you could be that Andrew. And that could be a life-changing moment. A life-changing moment. So God bless you. Think on it, pray on it, and do it. Okay, let me just pray and we'll get straight into God's word. Father, we are grateful to you. We are so thrilled. Father, you have done so much for us and there is more to come. And Father, thank you, Lord God, because to be honest with you, this is a day when it is absolutely right and appropriate and proper that we celebrate because, Lord God, you have, you have granted us this significant waypoint in our story. And I pray now, Lord God, as we spend a few minutes just reflecting on your goodness to us in the past, that, Lord God, faith will rise up within us so that we can, we can rejoice and celebrate and take hold of the future you have for us. So Lord, I pray now that you'll breathe on the words I share and that they will be effective in Christ's name. Amen. Do you know, I, I prepared this talk uh, a few days ago and been thinking about it for a little while, but this morning, literally this morning, that little passage out of Isaiah 40, you know, prepare the way for the Lord just came for me and I just knew it was kind of like a bit of seasoning. You know how you, you know, a bit of salt and pepper, you get a lovely meal presented to you and, and then you might just put a little bit of salt, a little bit of uh, pepper to taste and it just pops, makes the meal pop to you. It may be beautifully prepared and wonderful sauces and all the rest of it, but the fact is that just that little bit of salt, that little bit of pepper may be just what you need to bring it to life. And I just want to say to you, whatever else is happening in your life, the Lord is saying to us, prepare, prepare yourself for I'm about to move. I am moving, but there is more. And I really think just the fact that we finally had the breakthrough. We've got the keys, folks. We got the keys, wonderful on the building next door is a significant moment in, in our story. Let's just give the Lord a round of applause just on that simple thing.
You know, as we look over the past, you know, every single place that, that God has given us in our story, this, this, you know, we've grown out of. So when Felicity and I first rented a house up near Waitrose, we grew out of that. You know, not just because we had children, but because of what God was doing. We used to have prayer meetings there. We used to have uh, connect group meetings. We used to have, you know, sem- Saturday seminars in our house. What the neighbors thought. Well, we know what they thought. Some of them came and joined us and came to wealth and became Christians. You know. But it was just crazy. But there came a point where we just had to move out of that. We moved into St. Columbus, the school there, and we grew out of that. We went to Stags, and we grew out of that. We went to Marlborough. We grew out of that. And then we came here, and I thought, that's it. We won't, we're done now. We've arrived. This will be fine. And we've grown out of this. And, and yet God has given us more. And when you sneak in there next door, it's all been kind of refurbed. It's, it's, absolutely, it's ready for us to do whatever we want with it, but it's, it, it all looks nice and fresh. But it's a huge barn of a place. And, and to be honest with you, you know, when we walked into this place, and some of you remember this the first time, it looked just like that place next door. And I had some people come up to me and say, I, I just don't get it, Chris. I mean, how, how are we going to make this work? Well, of course, you guys have the benefit of being in this place, and you know how we turn that place, with God's good help, into this place. And so, you know, go in there with the eyes of faith and be encouraged about what God is going to do. And, you know, just keep praying, keep praising, keep thanking God, because this is an extraordinary thing. So we can say with the psalmist, Psalm 126, verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. We are filled with joy. To be honest with you, when we exchanged contracts on Tuesday, it was just a huge relief. And uh, we, we, we got the, the team together. There were you know, interns in and all our staff and a number of other people. And we all met in the admin office. And I'd popped out and got a couple of bots, bottles of, of Carver. That's not, not alcoholic, is it? You know, Carver, you know, the champagne, whatever. It's not, not alcoholic, no. So, so we all had a little bit of that. And, and we kind of looked around us, each other, and there was joy and there was laughter. It was light. Our spirits were light. But I just looked around and I saw 16 very tired people. Because <laughs> this been such a bad... And that's, that's not even talking about the, you know, the, 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 the dear directors for whom this has been such a struggle. But you know what? Uh, I, I woke up this morning and for the first time for a few days because I've been catching my breath because it's been such a battle. You know, it's like... You know, it finally sinks in. Oh, my God, you've done it for us. And, and, and it, it is just wonderful. It is so thrilling. And, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in us and through us in the weeks, months, and years to come. It's, it's so exciting. So very exciting. And at this point, as, it, as so often in the Psalms, the Psalm says we remember... You know, it says, recall God's wonders, recall what God has done. And typically they would talk about, you know, God delivering them from Egypt and, and God delivering them from this situation and that situation. And, and the people of God are encouraged to remember what God has done and why he's done it and, and what the hope and the future is. Uh, and so this, I just want to recap because it has actually been very protracted. I mean, we can literally trace this, this first phase of what we're about to do since back to, to September 2013. And so I want to spend a few moments reflecting on what God has done and why, why we are going about this thing. So the first thing I want to just say is Isaiah 54 verses 2 and uh, onwards uh, really had, has become important. Before we read that, though, it, it actually began, I think, with with uh, uh, really deep in the heart of this church many, many, many years ago. In fact, in fact, I'm mindful of the story of Abraham. Many of you will know that Abraham in the Bible was the, you know, the, the, the patriarch, the father of the Jewish nation. And indeed, in, in the New Testament, we're encouraged to believe that, 
that, Ad, uh, that Abraham is our spiritual father, the father of righteousness. He was the first man who, who went by step, walked by faith. And it was, it says in the scriptures, it was credited to him as righteousness. You know, we, we do have questions, and I, I'm so thrilled that Alpha is a place where you can ask questions. And, and, and it sounded, you know, Garnet had, had his questions answered. Sometimes we don't have those questions. We have to walk without hearing the answer yet. We walk by faith. But the reality is, as we, as we think back over history, that's what God has done. He's always called his people forward and into uncertain things uh, so that he can further his purposes and exercise our faith exercise our faith. I'm, re- I'm recalling the time when he took Abram outside into the, into the night air. And we're thinking of the Middle East here, and there was no kind of light pollution or anything like that. And he says, Abraham, and this is in, in chapter 15 of Genesis, uh, of Genesis uh, book. He said, Abraham, look up, what do you see? And he looked up, and there was this glorious sight. We don't really get it in the city. There's, there's too much, as I say, light pollution. But in those, those days, you could go out, out there on a clear night and the whole cosmos was spread out before you. And you know, the whole sweep of the galaxy, this one that we're in, and then stars upon stars upon stars. And the Lord said to him, said, look at the stars. Count them, if you will. I can almost see Abram doing a double take. What? How can I do that? There's myriads of stars. And he said, so will your descendants be so will your descendants be. And you know, I, I, I've always had that sense that God is challenging us and our vision for him and also challenging to understand deeper what kind of God he is. It's no accident that he calls himself father. He is a family man. He is the family man. And for him, he wants a big family. It's, it's not enough for him that when Jesus comes to wrap everything up and judgment day and, 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 and we go and takes all things on into the, 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 next, the next chapter of, of, of our lives, he's not, ex, he's not looking for a small and exclusive group of, of, of Christians. He's looking for a huge family. And he invites us, his people, to make space for his family. Make space. Never be satisfied with less than I want to give. Make space. So God calls us to grow. And you know, I asked, I'm going to share them in a moment. I'm not going to sort of steal my thunder, as it were. But I asked our, our teams just to give me a few of the stats of, of, of that which God has done already. And, and it's staggering. It's absolutely staggering. So the first thing I recall is God's heart for, the, for, for this nation, for the nations, for people, and, and, and the, the lengths he'll go to to enfold them. Of course, Jesus went to the cross. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. You are here, maybe for the first time, it's not an accident. You're here, believe it or not, by divine invitation. You are here and God wants to embrace and enfold you. He's counting you in unless you count yourself out. He's counting you in unless you count yourself out. And so that was something that I wanted to remember. And then I remember, you know, come September 2013, this, this current chapter that we're involved in, I, I, I really, after many of you had encouraged me to so believe, I really did embrace the fact that God wanted us to, to grow beyond this building. And so we started thinking about that. And then about this time last year, we really cast vision. We launched the Growing Family campaign. And what a struggle it's been. 
But we held on, we kept pressing on through. We, we had many obstacles thrown our way, many difficulties. At one point, the vendors walked away. They said, we're not gonna do business with you anymore. That was when we were struggling over the, the issue of the, the tank, which thank God has been revolved now, this, this hidden underground fuel tank that was so problematic. And they didn't wanna deal with that. No, 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 I'm not listening to you going away. And we just waited, and then they came back. And there was a breakthrough. They said to us, okay, all right, all right, we'll pay. You say, you know, let's talk about who we're going to get to do this, but we'll pay for it. And so they paid for an independent company to come in and assess and test this tank, which was so important. And all through this, God's word was, was, was Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent. Come on, come on, Chris, come on, church. Come on, think bigger. Don't get comfortable. Don't get too cozy. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Watch out, fisher bicycles. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. You know, God's plan is, is to establish his kingdom. And it's a kingdom of sons and daughters, not slaves. Sons and daughters, not slaves. And so we held fast to that. And then to get particular you know, and specific, you know, God, God, I'm sure, is going to do far more than we've already uh, you know, we, we've thought or anticipated with, with the two buildings combining as one, you know, which is eventually what, you know, where we will get to. It won't be just this thing tacked on the side like a sort of conservatory or something. You know, we're going to combine the two buildings and use them as one. And I'm sure there'll be many surprises and, 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 and moments of joy and moments of frustration along the way. But we did have a clue as to that which God was wanting to do. The first thing, of course, and, and I hope you're not tired of hearing about it, is the feed ministry. Just extraordinary, you know, what God has done over six years with the feed ministry. Started with a few bags a week because we realized that some people were struggling. And, you know, it was easy to do for a couple of years. Now it's a huge enterprise. My staff told me that, that we have 200 regulars, 200 regulars at feed. We have a, a, an occasional group who we see, you know, irregularly of about 130. On average, we will see about 92, over, over 90 people on a Monday morning alone. And then throughout the week, we'll have people coming down in desperate states just needing some help. And they get so much more than sort of food. They get so much more than just tea and sympathy, and we do offer them refreshments. They, they get practical help with online applications. You know, the whole benefit system, for example, has gone, you know, has been computerized. Well, how is that if, you, if, you, if you're not computer literate? How is that? How do you cope with that if you don't even have a computer, much less learn how to use it? How does that work? And we have found, you know, fortunately, you know, we have, we have various people who come in, and uh, you know, not every week, but every other week or so, and then we'll help them with their applications. And now with the situation stuff that the, such that the social services bring people down and work with us and the police work with us and sometimes it gets a bit hairy. Sometimes we get people a bit upset. And we have to sort of you know, deal with that situation. And I, 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 I just you know, honor the staff and you volunteers, so many of you here. But it's absolutely staggering. It's not just about Vineyard doing their thing for the poor. Do you know there are 26 churches now that are partnering with us in this? 26. 
It's an incredible act of God. It's God is bringing about unity at grassroots level with a, a, around the poor. You know, I've been a pastor now for over 30 years, and in, not so much these days, and we, we, we run a sort of pastor's prayer thing, and then we do the GLS here, we do a number of things for other churches. But in my early days, for some reason, it, people were fond of having ecumenical meetings. And sometimes those were ecumenical sort of, I mean, sort of inter-church worship things. And sometimes there were meetings. You'd go up to Leicester to meet with, you know, have a buffet lunch and have various people talking about unity and all this kind of thing. And there were highfalutin policies and programs and all this kind of thing. Lots of good intentions, but not a lot was happening. Now, around this simple act of giving a bag of food to somebody in need, God has done something grassroots up. It, 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 how it happened, I don't know. In Isaiah 49, it says that the people of God will say, who are all these people? Where, are, where did they all come from? We need more space. That's exactly, exactly the place we find ourselves in. Check it out this afternoon, Isaiah 49. Who are these people? Where did they come from? We're gonna need more space. And that's what we're doing. 26 churches, 12 schools, the local schools vie with one another. Verulam have got a bit of a thing going with Beaumont about the number of you know, food items that they contribute. You know, one, one push last year, Verulam won the battle and they gave over 3,000 food items. God bless them, give Verulam, they're not even here, clap, you know? Bless them. Six, uh, sorry, 12 schools have, are involved. We've got six supermarkets. The supermarkets are rigging us up now and saying, can we have your dates for 2015? They love having you guys. It took us years to break through. But now they ring us up and say, can we have your dates for 2015? Can we have your dates? They're not saying, as well, you can come in a wet week on Thursday and then something like that. They're saying, can we have your dates? They want to work with us. Such is the reputation of, of what God has done here through you people. And there's more to come. We've got uh, eight local businesses, not Christian, not school, not education, who've just decided that they will work with us. We actually had Ocado ring up this week. We've been talk- they've been ringing us up a number of times. We've not been pursuing them because it, you know, it's just so huge. Ocado is absolutely huge. But they, they, they rang us up and they wanted to speak with us and they sent one of their managers down here because they want to try and work with us to see if we can't use some of their, their perishable goods. Now, that does provide a lot of challenges, but they want to do everything they can. They want to t- send a team down to work with us. They're going to talk to Mercedes, whom they lease vans for, See if we can't do something with that. They know contacts with a refrigerator. They, they have, I mean, it's all a bit, whoa, but they are so keen to work with us. This is a national company that is keen to work with us in doing this. You know, where, where does this all come from? How's this all happen? Why are we finding ourselves in this? It's called the blessing of God. It's called the blessing of God. And as it says in those wonderful Psalms of Ascent, I think Psalm 126, if the Lord had not done this, if the Lord had not done this, and that's the essence of this, it is the Lord. It is the Lord who has done this. Wonderful. 
So our, our, feed, our feed project goes on from strength to strength, and somehow we manage in this facility with food literally falling out of every corner, you know, with, with clothes and things sort of stuffed into every little cranny. You know, uh, you know Christmas alone, we, ha- we had nearly 10,000 food items come from the, the supermarkets, you know, and still it rolls in. It's wonderful, but it's a, we, we need the space. That's one thing that we, f- we, we know about, that, that that place next door will be useful, to see that ministry to de- develop and, and, and see God glorified through it. And then, of course, we knew about this. We, we, you know, there's, there's our whole sort of kids and youth thing. His, the whole kids and youth thing. And we gotta, you know, we've got to thank God for what he's done with our, our children. It's a lovely little picture of our youth up here. You know, just look at them all. It looks like there's a, it looks like a cucumber on the floor, but I'm not sure quite who that is or what that is or what that's about, but just look at them all, you know. We actually have 123 youth on our books now. And we don't even have a designated facility here. We don't have the youth center. In fact, we've got a couple of rooms, and the, the nine volunteers who are regularly involved tell me that those rooms get, get pretty whiffy. You know, it's not always a lot of fun working in there. We want to honor those young people because they are great. They are fabulous. They're going for it. They're bringing their friends. And we want to honor them and create a space that they can get excited about. We know we need that. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do that. And then our kids. Our kids, you know, last Sunday we had 185 children here. That's bigger than some primary schools. 185, and, and we, you know, we've got over 100, 111 to be exact, because Kev gave me the numbers on Friday, 111 team members. You know, that means you, sort of wrote it in, helping out with that. And, and you know, we, we, it's just astonishing the work that gets done in this place. You know, when we moved into this place, we thought, how will we ever fill it in all these sort of designated rooms? But the truth is, the reality is, the reality is that, that, that we, we need more space for them. We need more space for them because we've got to that point where, the, where kids are being hindered from meeting with Jesus and where, quite frankly, adults are being hindered from meeting with Jesus because we're, we're asking too much of this current thing. I love that little story, I'm sure you know it, where Jesus, you know, he, he speaks of this. In, in Mark 10, uh, can we just throw that up? Thank you, Mark 10. Uh, there's this point. It's you know, a Sunday school story often, but there's more to that. There's something quite important in this. It says here, when Jesus saw this, when people were being turned away, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Do not hinder them, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom like a little child will never enter. Now, Jesus' heart, you see, is a glimpse of it. He is for him, when he saw a crowd, he didn't go, oh my goody aunt, you know, privacy please, like some B, B celebrity. You know, it says in the scriptures, when he saw a crowd, his stomach churned with compassion. Now some of us, and including myself, you know, I've got, I, I, I like my own company, I really do. I can, I can quite happily you know, take myself off on a walk and the rest of it. You know, I, have, uh, I, I appear to be an extrovert, and I am, but curiously enough, I've got some introvert traits within me. I can take a time out and be on my own. But sometimes, you know, uh, the idea of a big crowd just appalls me, but I know this ever since I got to know Jesus. 
He turned my life around and he said to me, you better get used to it because I'm a family man. And God needs to work on our hearts to whether we're extrovert, introvert, it doesn't really matter, it really doesn't. We've got to find a way of, of expressing and, and knowing his heart and his compassion for others. He, re- he really is, has got the bit between his teeth. And so, so we're keen to create spaces in this place where the children are not hindered from coming to see him. So we want to, you know, we want to, put a whole new youth air, children and youth air in there. And also we want to relieve the pressure on this space a little bit, not by extending the, 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 the auditorium per se. I mean, believe it or not, people are often surprised when I say this. This is, this is already equipped to seat 750 people. And look around, good congregation this morning, but there's a few spare seats. We're okay. This isn't the issue. But God bless you. I know sometimes you have to bring your children in here because it's full up out there. And, so that, and that impinges on our worship. And that distracts and detracts. And, 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 and you know what? I, we are determined to make the whole center of attention in this place, in this place, Jesus. Not my adorable granddaughter who was sat on the front row this morning. And I love her being there, being very good coloring. But, but you know what? We've got to see, we've got to do whatever we can to see that, that Jesus is the main thing and that people aren't hindered from seeing him. And currently, our, our space issues are a hindrance. So that's exciting. We can get on to do that. So to bring this sort of together now then, where from here? Well, it's right that we don't rush on. We're going to spend a few, a few you know, weeks savoring this. And while we're doing that, please pray furiously and persistently and prevailingly we're going to be teaching about prevailing prayer a little bit, long, uh, a little bit further on. But, but prevail, push through into prayer. And ask God, ask God to give us planning permission. That's the next thing. We need change of use so that we can turn it. You know, we are going to use it as a warehouse straight off. But we need it to be turned around so that we can start using it for our children and youth and other things as well. We need that change of use. So pray for that. That's the next thing. And then, of course, once we get that, then there'll be the whole sort of second phase of kitting it out and deciding what we're gonna, how we're going to do it. And we're working on that already. Those are, that's where we're going with it. And I want you to rejoice. And will you do something for me? At the end of this service, you know, grab the kids, grab a coffee, and then just go next door. We're going to open up the doors. And they weren't open or shouldn't have been open when you arrived, but they will be open now. Please go through there. Please have a little look in there. And will you just do something? Will you say a little prayer? Twos and threes, you know, mums and kids, get the kids together. You know, just... Just say a little prayer. Say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our city, in our time. Thank you, Lord. And lead on, Lord Jesus. Lead on. Just pray that. Thank you and lead on. Thank you, lead on. Thank you, lead on. And as the team, the worship team comes up, let's just stand. And I'm going to do something that Louis... Louis, who preached a few weeks ago, he did. He got everybody reading scripture. And I just thought, I need to do that a little more often. And so let's read this passage together. Because it says a lot about God and his heart. Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, we'll just read this together and then we'll finish off with a worship song. And then we'll go next door and have a little around. It says then, let's read it together. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, 
according to his power that is at work within us, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. His heart is for the church, his heart is for Christ, and his heart is to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Amen? Amen. Thank you, sir.